What ho, ladies and gentlemen of podcast land. This is a fantastically amazing bonus episode of Who Back When, a Doctor Who podcast. Talk past. That's right. I am Leon and with me in the Who Back When studio today is Jim. Hello, Jim. Hello. How you doing, Leon? I'm pretty good. How are you, Jim? I'm doing good. Oh, we're so formal today. Yeah. How's, how's podcast <laughs> land doing? That's nice. Glad to hear it. Yeah. Excellent. So we are today uh, going to, well, okay, first off, this is probably going to be a relatively speedy bonus episode because tonight we are recording two episodes back to back. We're doing this one and we're doing the first Tom Baker. But before we go into Tom Baker, we obviously have to talk about Pertwee. And that's what this episode is all about. We are doing the traditional Who Back When Doctor retrospective. This is the John Pertwee third Doctor retrospective. Good, I'm in the right place. (laughs) And it really feels like we are 24 serials of this chap. 24 serials. Wow. Dedication. A lot of them six episode ones? or Quite a few of them. Because we've said offline he did 128 episodes. Let's have a quick look at the stats. John Pertwee portrayed the third Doctor from 1970 until 1974. As you said, 128 episodes. As I said, 24 serials. There's one yet to come, by the way. The 1993 Children Need Special Dimensions in Time, which Toddy's Wiki Up calls nominal celebration, that celebration in quotes, of the 30th anniversary, I think it is just across the board panned as a massive pile of garbage. Oh dear. <laughs> well, it's for children in need. Most of that stuff is pile of garbage. I'm not 100% sure, but I think Rory, as in the Rawmeister who has appeared on a number of Who Back When episodes, I think that was his first exposure to Doctor Who. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Anyway, so Pertwee, 24 serials, and what I, what I meant when I said that, I, I, I don't mean that as in, wow, we've run a gauntlet. I mean, we've really gotten to know this guy, and he was great. Yeah. Had you had any exposure to the third Doctor before Who Back When? I don't think I had done it, actually. I had exposure to John Pertwee, the actor. As Wurzel Gummidge? As Wurzel Gummidge. Okay. As a character on the radio series, The Navy Lark. The Navy Lark? What's that? Some 60s BBC radio thing about okay. comedy stuff on Navy ships. All right. I don't think it's held up the test of time. My parents liked it. They <laughs> made, well, didn't make me listen. It's just that I listened to it. It's kind of fun when you're eight. <laughs> okay. I'm not sure if I've really come across him anywhere else. And I, I kind of, I like him as a character. And the few episodes I've seen him in, in Doctor Who, I liked his Doctor as well. I think he's, he has a, a very identifiable presence in probably most of his acting careers that comes over to, in The Doctor as well, which we'll probably, we'll probably elaborate on a bit further. Okay, yeah, no, I, I look forward to that. <laughs> I, I feel like the 1970s really just exploded onto the Whovian screens with Pertwee. I mean, he, yeah. with Pertwee, we are introduced to colorized Doctor Who. It was black and white before Pertwee. Oh, wow. So Spearhead from Space, the very first episode that is at least partly recorded on video, I think. Uh, the one that we're going to be reviewing, the Tom Baker one that we're reviewing after this one, is the first one entirely shot on video. So with, with Pertwee, we start with definitely a different kind of film stock, and it's the very first episode in colour. So Troughton has like not only a whole bunch of missing serials, but the BBC is probably sitting on colour TV technology and waits until he regenerates out of the show. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, they yeah. uh, launch Doctor Who in colour. So I'd never realised it was that cleaner cut that it was between, yeah. you know, the Doctor switching over. When does Pertwee come in? We, we said 1970? 1970, yeah. Yeah. Spared from there, space. There's obviously colour stuff around before then. So, so you're, Yeah, definitely. You think they were just shafting <laughs> Troughton? <or? laughs> 
I don't know. Maybe it's just a. It, it could also be a you know soft reboot slash budget injection because I'm sure it's yeah. more expensive to to do that. And at the very least, it's expense. It's an expense to just change technology, even if it's switching to a cheaper technology. So yeah, I don't know. That it, it was very clean cut in that regard. But yeah, so color TV, way more action. He, he's gesticulating with his fingers with, as he counts these things off. Yeah. <laughs> Crushed velvet and frilly shirts and Venusian Aikido and freaking amazing action set pieces. Only a couple of weeks ago, we were reviewing an episode which featured a boat chase. A <laughs> <laughs> like Being a, sucked off by a hovercraft. Sucked off by a hovercraft. <laughs> the man really had charisma. He was fantastic. Oh, sorry. I'm just going to get verklempt over here. Shall we add some structure to this episode? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> here are a few things that we should probably talk about. The Pertwee years specific ambience of... James Bondy, The Saints, you know, 1970s action adventure, secret agency type stuff. Yeah. Some of his greatest foes. We also, traditionally on these retrospectives, kind of do a ranking. You've reviewed five of them. Yes. And you've watched six or seven of them. Uh, I believe just six. Okay. Where do you want to start? Let's dive in with the fun action shit, shall we? Okay. <laughs> All right. So, I don't know. I, I, my impression is probably quite quick because i dived in at the end of this and it was just right in your face (laughs) it's like okay the doctor's karate chopping some people in the medieval courtyard yep Uh, (laughs) that's right yeah yeah. (laughs) the time warrior at the start of his career in doctor who is it a smoother transition into him being an action hero or i think it might take a couple of episodes before he whips out the aikido but there is definitely a lot of action from the get-go so speared from space is an auton episode and i mean the autons they have their handguns there are horrific scenes like battle scenes between unit soldiers and these autons that are just like peppering civilians yeah it's action-packed from the get-go so he, he establishes this motif yeah definitely very early on and sticks with it right to the end and it's a weird thing for him to do as part of his career so you had memories of him doing comedy beforehand yeah he mostly did kid shows after this he did you already mentioned Wurzel gummage which is just kid show up to the max yeah he did something called super ted oh my god he was in super ted he was a super ted i believe i don't think i'd ever piece that together <laughs> oh my my little eight-year-old brain inside me has just exploded there you go <laughs> super ted i've never seen oh, no, he, he was spotty Oh, is is that a dog? Is that a dog friend? <laughs> no. Super no, I kind of forget the whole setup, but it's, it's the psychic. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it, it's a it's a humanoid thing. Okay, but Super Ted is a teddy bear superhero, an animated teddy bear superhero. Yeah, right? yeah. Okay, so it feels like it's a bit bit of a departure from this kind of the saint ish action. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, one thing that came across to me watching Pertwee portraying the Doctor, and we again we can get onto his many machines and. But, you know, we talked about the Which fighting. Which was a personal interest of his as well. Yeah, we talked about the fighting. Yeah. I've mentioned on a couple of reviews that it's more when I guess he plays dress up, but he has yes, he right. has a natural ability of, of doing voices. He has a very kind of kind of lyrical tone to the way he talks as well. Yeah. I don't know what his, whether he ever did like kind of stand up comedy or, or stuff like that. But he did tons of carry on movies, according to the right. IMDb. <laughs> so he's, he's obviously had that streak into him, yeah. which I think... Which also goes hand in hand with like the times that he goes in drag on Doctor Who and exactly. you know, that so kind of comedy. I think you can see the evidence there that there's a little vehicle for him in Doctor Who to yeah. kind of expand on 
those interests. So the ones that I knew were his his voice acting and the comedy, and that does come up quite a bit. You've said that he has this interest in cars or, or vehicles in general. Yeah, the Who Mobile yeah. was his hobby. He basically just commissioned this thing. He helped design it, made it happen, and then brought it to Doctor Who. Like this is the thing that I built. This is now the Doctor's car. Yeah. So I mean, you can see clearly that somehow he managed to command a lot of influence in the show. Yeah. It it wasn't so much he's portraying the Doctor anymore. It's that he's the Doctor. The show does what he wants. You can kind of get that feeling. Certainly, I got that feeling coming in towards the end. I don't. Know. Do you think that was kind of their start? That I think so. From the get go, Pertwee was like, you know what? I'm I'm a big presence. I've got these interests. Let's get it. All this in is there. what we're gonna do. Yeah. yeah. I, I also think it's like a deliberate departure from the previous Doctors, in particular now considering having just rewatched the first of the fourth Doctor serials. How different, like how stark the change is there. You suddenly see, oh, there was a ton of Pertwee in this Doctor. So that we have the first Doctor, who's this bumbly Mister Magoo. He's a very kind, caring, grandfatherly type of character who occasionally is incredibly curmudgeon. But in in essence. Yeah. He's just a, he's a granddad. We have the second one who's this disheveled hobo genius <laughs> who's just vagabonding across space and time. But like his clothes are all over the place. At one point he gets his shirt ironed or, you know, he pressed or whatever. And he deliberately rumples it because he needs to look disheveled. <laughs> and he has no style and he would never be able to, he would never fight his way out of a scene. He was always the the clever one. Yeah, okay. Sometimes very manipulative. And in this one, the music swells and he's just chopping bad guys. Huge difference. So now compare this to the first of Tom Baker. I thought about this watching one of the episodes of Robot, of Tom Baker's first one last night, in which he's on a stage. We're going to talk about this later on tonight, I suspect. Yeah. But he's on a stage and he just gets manhandled by these two bad guys. He's trying to do some slapsticky stand-up comedy on stage to distract the bad guys, but then two dudes just come and grab him by the arms. And Pertwee, that would never happen with Pertwee. He would never try to make those jokes to begin with. Yeah. He might pull a one-liner, like a James Bondish one-liner, just to verbally sock it to the bad guy before physically socking it to him. Yeah. But he would never, like, two people couldn't just hold on to his arms. So, in the big context of Doctor Who, then, with, yeah. with including New Who, do you think Pertwee actually stands out a little bit separately in the in just how hands-on he was with physical violence, I guess? I think so. Yeah. I don't know what the other... I mean, the fourth Doctor is not going to be like that. He's not going to be the action guy. But I don't know what the fifth, sixth, and seventh doctor are like, <laughs> doctors are like. Yeah. I, I have no real experience of them. Maybe a little bit of Davison, but but that's it. Yeah, I, I think so. I kind of have vague memories of not necessarily Sylvester McCoy himself, but his companion Ace maybe oh. firing some lots of guns and stuff. Yeah. Um, I've not seen that, but I've seen stills of, of him and Ace. And that's just like machine guns and... Yeah. Laser beams, but I, I I feel like the the actual hands on fighting is different. Yeah, might, that's Pertwee. This, this might just be Pertwee. Also, I feel maybe a a still of Ace holding a bazooka. Yeah, I, that, think, that I think there is one feels, of those. Yeah. I think I think it's probably like the number one image if you just search for Ace yeah, probably. Doctor Who. Also. <laughs> no, I think you're right. I mean, we get a little bit of a revival of the Venusian Aikido in New Who in just a few episodes. Yeah, which is probably just a nod. Yeah. 
to the classic rather than it being a yeah exactly this is this is a key trait yeah that's right and now it's been re- not repurposed but it's it's again returned in uh, the Whitaker the first Whitaker season where where it suddenly turns into more of a tai chi type thing you know like she presses a nerve somewhere and that's what the Venusian nuns taught her right you know no flipping bad guys around is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, but yeah, less less stunt crew involved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's another thing. Like it feels like half of the pert we run was nothing but B roll from the A team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, explosions and no one dying and no one dying. Yeah, yeah. people jumping from explosions. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you think maybe it's also, you can make the same parallel in New Who, do you think that when you switch from one Doctor to another, the BBC or, I, I, I don't think if that, that there's necessarily comparable other franchise, but do you think that the BBC in the context of Doctor Who goes, we don't want someone who's too similar. We, want, we need to make a stark contrast because otherwise there's going to be too much of a comparison made between these two sequential Doctors. Yeah, I, I think you're probably right there. And I... I think there is a comparison to be made, which is Bond. Okay, um, yeah. Which, which we do bring up from time to time. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I think it is different to that. I think every actor who plays Bond is different. It is always a different Bond. But I think... But they have to be relatively yeah, similar. Yeah, I think right? there's, a, there's a stronger core set of, of what that character is that you can't deviate too much from. Whereas I think the Doctor is, is, is more a kind of morality level in a way. And it's, it's more about what he can do for humanity. And it's, it's a bit more flexible. And I think you're yeah. right that... They probably want to make... I think from what I've seen with New here and the little bits I've seen with classics, it's almost... They, they kind of take it as an opportunity to reboot the show every time. Definitely. Um, rightly or wrongly. I, I, I feel like they're... Yeah, most people are involved in the show must be thinking that when they get a new actor in to play the Doctor. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Which is so odd from a franchise point of view, like generic franchise point of view, but so incredibly intelligent from... You know, just intellectual property. Yeah, but it's, it's super extra odd, actually, if you if you think about it, because there are so many doctors that a single companion will span. That's true. And yeah, so they're they're caught up in this this massive change. So it's not just the actor changing; it is generally the shift of the show into some different ground. Yeah, maybe it's slightly more comedic, maybe it's slightly more serious or slightly more action packed. So yeah, they just have to kind of roll with it, which is possibly why we don't generally go on for more than another series. That, that's <laughs> probably also a good argument. On that note, this might also be something to revisit in our next review, as in, in the Tom Baker review. But the last classic that we talked about, Planet of the Spiders, yeah. and the next classic that we're reviewing tonight, Robots, two different doctors, same companion, same brigadier and everything. Though much of those two serials was shot in parallel. Oh, really? So you have Liz Sladen portraying the same companion with different doctors just on the same set because they have to use the same sets days apart. So possibly, well, you know, I, well, I don't know. I was going to say hours apart. Maybe that's too dramatic and hyperbolic, but certainly around about the same time. That's super interesting. I, w- I would have had no idea. No, right. Um, which is, I guess, good going on uh, well, everyone's part, especially well everyone. Liz Sladen's. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so that's some of the action stuff. What about his outfit? That's also Super 70s. Now that you have immersed yourself in the Third Doctor a little bit, how would you rate this just visual image of the Doctor in the pantheon of Doctor visuals? Is it iconic? I, I actually don't know if it is. Oh, I, really? I don't know if it's iconic in a kind of distracting way. Like it's, I think it's weird because okay. in my mind, I, I don't know too much about the First and Second Doctor. 
but probably from Baker onwards, the Doctor now gets a hook in his outfit. Yeah, like a u- he has a uniform at this point. Yeah, and there's there's something about it that's that is a bit odd. It's a bit quirky. Yeah. Like Baker gets a scarf. Davidson's got a leak, is it? Or? Yeah, or celery or whatever it is. Yeah. And uh, McCoy's tons got question, of question marks. marks everywhere. Yeah. Fezzes, bow ties, suspenders, yeah, long jackets, moody looks, trainers. But people you know, talk there's... about Pertwee's outfit as he is the crushed velvet and frilly shirts guy. Well, I, I think this is what I'm kind of getting on. And like, capes. Oh, those capes. You know, actually, no, the cape. A cape fits it. Yeah, that's but true. There's something about the crushed velvet suit that just looks... Austin Powers. Yeah. It, <laughs> it looks... Like, it, I think it's just a, it's an unfortunate fact of the 70s that it just dated that's, really quickly that's a good point um yeah. like everyone everyone else's doctor outfit you can kind of look at it and say okay that's what someone wears but they've done something slightly odd with it yeah true he's got a really long scarf why he's got a really long scarf i don't know he's the doctor but otherwise it's kind of a normal outfit whereas pertwee just jumps out as okay that dude's wearing this super like kind of awesome but super in your face velvet suit he's wearing orgy casual i think it's called orgy casual (laughs) i don't know he he looks like he's constantly on his way from one orgy to another (laughs) is what i'm trying to say yeah so i think i think it does kind of again sort of stand out a bit different to me and we can't just keep saying 70s because obviously baker is 70s it's early 70s i guess it's it's that transition from 60s to 70s maybe that so do you think in that case that towards the end of pertwee's run he's already starting to look outdated to the audience but maybe the bbc is afraid of of changing his outfits too much because at this point he's already cemented it as his look i mean i, I generally have no idea like what that was like at the time but i, I can't imagine like i find it very hard to imagine <laughs> there were many people kind of thinking <laughs> you know what that's a cool outfit you know i i could i could rock that outfit Whereas I feel like certainly with New Who, yeah, um, Tennant certainly a yeah, lot of Tenen, people were influenced by that. They just kind of got that kind of smart casual look. The the kind of it's normal but with a quirk. Yeah, suits um, and converse. Like uh, there, I can just I can picture loads of people going to conventions and happily dress up as those doctors Baker onwards. Those doctors. Yeah, I'm not convinced there are that many that. I did once or? see a fantastic Pertwee at yeah. London Comic Con. And it, I, I bet it looks great. Gorgeous outfit. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I, mean, I could be way off the pace, but uh, you know, that's the way I, I would kind of see it. It's like, I'm not sure if people are rushing out to emulate Pertwee's outfit. <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> not to say it's not awesome, though. Do you know what I kind of want? I don't know if this is blasphemous in any way, but I mean, John Pertwee's son, Sean Pertwee, looks exactly like his dad. He does quite a bit, yeah. And a few years ago, I think for Halloween, he sent out an image of himself in the third Doctor outfit. And he looked just like his dad as the third Doctor. I would welcome another multi-Doctor adventure, which incorporates both New Who and the third Doctor. We've had Tom Baker show up in New Who. Let's, let's have Sean Pertwee play John Pertwee playing the third Doctor. That would be pretty cool. I'd be so up for that. Okay. All right. <laughs> I'll find it. I'll find it. God, he looks just like him. Look at that. Wow. Yeah, we just we just found the picture. He looks amazing. Sean Pertwee as John Pertwee, his father. Oh. Interestingly, image searching for that yeah. brings up people comparing Capaldi's outfit to Pertwee's. Yeah, there was... I, I remember when I, they announced Capaldi's outfits, there were people saying that he struck the same pose. It's like a pointy type of yeah. pose. Like, I, I'm not reading about it but you can see with the the image that there's he's got um is this the red lining in yeah, the they, jacket they've both got the red lining yeah and i guess it is 
ish. Similar colouring? It's, it's a very different styling, but yeah. similar colouring. I don't know if that's intentional or not. But I mean, obviously, every Doctor's legacy lives on and they, they always throw nods in here and there. Yeah, that's true. I'm happy with that. <laughs> yeah. Also, the first, and I'm gonna say, probably only Doctor with a tattoo. Oh. In the very first Pertwee serial, Speared from Space, there's a scene with him in a shower. <laughs> and wow. he's just lathering up and you see he has a tattoo on his arm. I'm assuming he was in the Navy and it's, yeah. Okay. They didn't put makeup over it or anything. It's just like, yeah, yeah. fuck it, the Doctor's got a tattoo. I like to think, actually, we've got to a point where... That's fine. They'd happily show it again. I feel like they're... Early on in the reboot, they probably would have airbrushed it out or never considered a Doctor Who had it. Yeah, that's true. But I think we've kind of gone full circle. We can have a Doctor with a tattoo again. Yeah, I mean, Whittaker's Doctor has multiple ear piercings, right? Yeah. Yeah, so clearly there's no problem with body art in that regard in, in New Who. Yeah. It's interesting that it's it's shown so Blatantly. Pro- prominently yeah. <laughs> early on in a shower scene. <laughs> nice. Something that's very special to the third Doctor, compared to other Doctors, is that he was landlocked. He was stuck on Earth. The Time Lords deliberately disabled his TARDIS. He couldn't go elsewhere except when they sent him on a mission. So all of a sudden, he has this extended family of the Brigadier and Benton. And I mean, he has an, a lab at Unit HQ. Yeah. Which previous Doctors have not had. They've been just... They haven't been tethered to anything. Did Unit even exist before Pertwee? Yes. <laughs> he says very tentatively. <laughs> the first unit episode, at least the first one that we reviewed, unless we missed something beforehand, was The Invasion. That's C046. That was a second Doctor serial. So we have Trouson meeting units. And then, yeah, then they show up in Speared from Space. So, yeah, okay, we've had one encounter with Unit beforehand. Bagels has been on the show before, and Nicholas Courtney has been on the show portraying a different character. Okay. As in, he's Bagels, he's the Brigadier. Yeah. But no, Unit is definitely a, despite one prior appearance, it's clearly a Pertwee thing. Yeah. And with Tom Baker's Doctor, now that, I mean, the Doctor is already free now, right? And spoiler trivia, this is, the last time that we saw his lab, that was the penultimate vision of the lab. Tom Baker has one episode in his lab, and then we never see it again. Eh? So he's no longer a part of the unit family in the same way. Yeah. That's a huge bit of, of Pertwee, you know, Earth-based adventures. Yeah, that is a, it's a very different yeah. Doctor Who premise in, entirely, isn't it? Definitely. Which I guess is why he gets to have so much fun with land vehicles. And, yeah. and sometimes air. And yeah, that's true. Sea vehicles. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I suppose if you're off spending your budget creating sets for other planets and stuff... Yeah, then maybe, maybe you maybe don't you have... to do that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, fair point. Shall we have a chat about uh, foes? Yeah, because we, we get a few firsts, I believe. Yes, we do. Yeah. Who do we get then? Okay, let's ping pong a couple of them. We have the first Silurians Ooh. in Doctor Who and the Silurians. Well named. <laughs> Good branding. <laughs> Doctor Who and the Silurians. It, that just feels like the kind of titular misnomer that they add to the novelizations, not to the TV show. But yeah, it's called Doctor Who and the Silurians. We also have the very first... Sultarans. Bingo, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying very hard not to say Sultarans <laughs> or Sultana. Which was the first Pertwee review that you joined in on? It was, yeah. The Time Warrior. Uh, we have the first Autons. We do, I believe, yes. Yeah, so Pertwee's... He did two Auton episodes. Terror of the Autons and obviously his very first one, Speared from Space. 
and uh, much of I mean they've virtually not changed there's tons of added lore in New Who given to the the actual robbery energy I can't remember what it's called now the it's not the Auton energy or whatever it's called the the rubber basically that is intelligent yeah that's been given some more emphasis in New Who but the Autons themselves are identical to what they were like in Spirit from Space and they're so interesting those serials are hilarious and crazy fun Because I, I think I'm not really a fan of the autos, but I think I hadn't actually put together that basically any, it seems that anything that's animated plastic yeah. is an auton. They're, they're always the same thing. Uh, I, it's the, okay, so hang on, I remember what it's called now. It's the nesting consciousness. Yeah. That's the rubbery, plasticky, living, whatever thing. And autons are just the, the mannequins. Yeah. So in New Who, we get the nesting in rows in the very first... Yeah, so we get them in rows, and I, I hadn't realised those were Autons. Those really. are Autons, and the nesting consciousness also sort of takes over a bin at one point and uh, uh, eats yeah. uh, Mickey Ricky alive. <laughs> Possibly one of the worst scenes. Ugh, it's dreadful. Ever. <laughs> um, yeah, we get Rory Auton. The, or the Romans. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. how Which, did that not dawn on me? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. So I, I actually didn't, generally didn't think I'd, I'd pieced all this together with, with the new who. The, the, it's huge. This, this is all the same stuff. Yeah. It's, it's enormous. Um, so this, you know, this is, this is obviously something that recurs quite a bit. Yeah. It's obviously something that people loved enough to keep bringing back. Clearly. And this is where we first see it. Yeah. And it's quite early on, Pertwee, is it? This It's his very first it's one. His very first one. Yeah, yeah. Speared from Space is an Auton serial. Uh, and then later on, we have uh, Terror of the Autons, which I think might be better. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at my ratings over here. We have one more. An is, iconic foe. Is this the, drumroll please, the master? Tis. My goodness. And what a master. Roger Delgado. Yeah, I I have sadly we we had a little chat about this beforehand. I've sadly realised I've entirely missed him because um, he unfortunately died very. He did. Yeah, right. you haven't seen him before. If anyone in Podcastland has not seen Roger Delgado as the master, I wholeheartedly recommend that you go back and just watch any of them. Like frankly, any Delgado serial. I they're they're fantastic. He's fantastic. If you had to pick one, do you think there's one that is especially good for maybe not just his point of view, from an all-round point of view? Oh, that's a very good question. That's a super or, good question. Or should we save that for when you want to go through and rank stuff? Could do. I, I mean, I can, I can think of a few that are just really cool. <laughs> I, I've, I've just looked up the master on whobackone.com, and I'm just looking at some pictures of him. He's fantastic. I mean, he's in Terror of the Autons, for example. The Daemons? The Daemons is a pretty good one. Okay. Uh, I'm thinking, like, the Daemons might be a nice introductory one. Otherwise, for a more Doctor Who-y one... Actually, you know what? Okay, here's a very good one. If you want to be introduced to something that is simultaneously very Pertwee, very classic Who, and very master, watch The Sea Devils. And The Sea Devils are like the aquatic cousins of the Silurians. Okay. And... Here's what the master always did. This was the master's shtick, or the Delgado master's shtick. He would partner with some gigantic alien force to help that alien force take over the Earth. That was his his ultimate game plan. Let's take over the Earth, and then they'll leave and leave him in charge of the Earth. They'll rule the universe, but he'll be in charge of the Earth, and he'll enslave mankind. For no real reason, just, you know, world domination. (laughs) And then at the very last moment, he would realize, oh, I couldn't trust the bad guys. It turns out the insert alien here was not to be trusted. 
now he's been double-crossed, and possibly he will need to team up with the Doctor in order to help the Doctor beat said foe. And then at the end, the Doctor tries to catch him, but uh, the Master will jump into some silly mode of transport, e.g. ice cream truck, (laughs) and very slowly drive away from the Doctor and units, and no one can catch him until the next time he does the same thing again. With a hundred kids swarming up. (laughs) 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 Oh, no, the Master's fantastic. Such an incredible bad guy. So sinister, so devious. And we have one more year of Classic Who until the Master makes a reappearance. You made a note of this before we pressed record. Yeah. Is it in 76? I think so, yeah. Yeah. So we're just about to... We're starting 75. We have a whole year of Doctor Who sans Master. Which I guess is respectful. Yeah. I I don't know if this is why they did it. Like, they they quite often have big breaks before... Yeah, that's true. Returning to characters, don't they? So, yeah, absolutely. I think, again, it's probably going back to what you were saying, that they, they feel like they almost need to reboot everything, and there's, there's sometimes a bit of reluctance maybe to bring back a big foe, because it's like, oh no, I want to do something new. Yeah, exactly. And also it's going to have, it's going to pack way more of a punch if all of a sudden, out of nowhere, someone like that returns. Yeah, definitely. Well, we said this was going to be a quick one, so let's jump into rankings. We obviously have all of our ratings on the websites on whoback1.com. Going through the ones the, the ones that you've you've reviewed, we have The Time Warrior, Invasion of the Dinosaurs, Death to the Daleks, The Monster of Peladon, and Planet of the Spiders. Looking at your your ratings for them, there are two joint winners. <laughs> yeah. In general, looking at your ratings for these five, does that still tally now in retrospect? Does that tally with how you feel the uh, the episodes rank? Or has anything changed? Um, no, I think I pretty much stick with, with with the way they're they're ordered. I think if I had to pick between my top two, Planet of the Spiders and Invasion of the Dinosaurs, yeah, I think I would have to put Invasion of the Dinosaurs higher <laughs> just because it sticks in your brain. Like the dinosaurs were awesome; <laughs> they really were. I agree. I'm going to throw the Green Death in here because I wa- oh, yeah, I watched that to get me a little bit up to speed mm-hmm. before before joining in. On this side of the podcast. And I super loved that, actually. I think that would easily be my third favourite. Yeah? Yeah. I did. The ones I, I've rated lowly, Monster of Peladon. Um, what else have we got? Death to the Daleks. Time. I mean, Time Warrior, I think, is probably going to be something I'd remember a bit more as well. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a little bit harsh and more right in there. <laughs> but I, I think that, yeah, they're pretty much where they need to be in my, in, in my mind okay so, so that's nice and simple those are the six that i really know about <laughs> what about the other the 18 <laughs> that you've done okay so i i put together a ranking very very quickly not putting much thought into this well right before we started recording tonight and just looking at that list versus the ratings that i gave those episodes when we sat down to rate them yeah it no longer tallies I mean, the higher ones are higher up in this list, yeah. but it, it's it, it, my highest mark is not the one that I at the time gave my the highest. Effort. So there's basically a bit of shuffling around, and is, is your your favorite and your worst are, are different based on the ratings, or the worst one is the same one? Is the same. Okay. <laughs> the worst one is the claws of Axos, <laughs> which is also a master one, by the way. Oh, and it has these ridiculous golden cherub aliens who show up uh, and they go, hmm, I mean, oh, mankind, why don't you have this energy source that will just give you nothing nefarious about us looking like cherubs and giving <laughs> you free energy and mankind takes it and it turns out, oh, this is just to take over the world. And they have a spaceship, the doctor 
Doctor gets captured, he's inside the spaceship, and lo and behold, the Master is in there, also captured, because he also at one point tried to make a deal with him. Claws of Axos is a pile of rubbish, and it is hilarious, and I recommend everyone watch it. Uh, (laughs) I gave that a 1.2 at the time. Uh, It's still at the bottom. At the very top, I also have put Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Nice. Uh, And that's just because it's so incredibly entertaining. For those of you in podcast land who are super familiar with all of these episodes, I'm very, very quickly just going to rattle off my ranking. I'm starting at the very bottom. I'm going to work my way up to the top. I've already spoiled number one. So starting at number 23... Claws of Axos, Monster of Peladon, <laughs> which I think you oh, yeah. re- uh, reviewed. The Time Monster, Colony in Space, Frontier in Space, which is actually a really good one. Now I feel like I maybe should I maybe I should push that one up. It doesn't matter. I, whatever. I'm not going to change my mind. Death to the Daleks, The Daemons, Ambassador of Death, The Time Warrior, Terror of the Autons, The Mind of Evil, The Curse of Peladon, The Green Death. Just want to stop at this point and say I'm now at point number 13, and rating-wise, this is already a 3.7. Yeah. On average, oh my goodness, I, I, I'll calculate the average in a second, but it is high. Carrying on, so Green Death, They of the Daleks, the Sea Devils, Planets of the Daleks, Doctor Who and the Silurians, The Mutants, Speared from Space, that's four, Planet of the Spiders, 3.8, Carnival of Monsters, and the top three are... Number three, The Three Doctors. Number two, Inferno, which I think I need to rewatch tonight. And <laughs> Invasion of the Dinosaurs. And that's it. So on average, let's see, what is that? An average of 3.175. That's pretty wow. good. Watch Inferno. Inferno is the one that came up in our last New Who review as well. The one with the eye patches and it's a parallel universe story. Oh, right. They have crazy disco werewolves in it. It's hilarious. So what rating did you give that then? Oh, good question, good question. I gave Inferno a 3.8. Yeah, not that And I'm putting that above the three Doctors, which at the time I gave the highest score of of 4.4. But Mm. just now, in retrospect, thinking back to it, I would much rather rewatch Inferno than the three Doctors. Yeah. It's interesting how things sit with you, actually. Yeah. Which I think is um, is something we don't always address with uh, the listener minis. I'm, I'm never quite sure if, if people have sat down and, and just watched it to give yeah, their mini exactly. or if it's how they remember it. That's true. Because um, I, th- I think that's very influential on how you... Absolutely. How you think about something, how you rate it. Even now, after a year's time or something, I feel very differently about some of these. Yeah, I mean, we've definitely sat down and watched New Who, which I've, I've generally seen them multiple times before. Yeah. And I have an idea of my enjoyment level before I... S- rewatch it and either you and appreciate then, it more or less yeah, yeah. but you know you, sometimes you get that crit- critical eye in as well and you kind of go you know what this is a bit shit <laughs> <laughs> why did i think this was good <laughs> yeah so how does this compare to the previous two doctors then do you think is, is this is this a pretty high bar it is i feel like doctor who is doctor who was always great but i feel like doctor who is getting better yeah and not just in terms of production value and, and all of that stuff, but just in terms of narrative quality, the stories are more interesting on average. The companions get a bit more agency. You know, society has changed around the show and all of a sudden that's reflected on screen as well. Yeah, it, it just becomes more interesting in that regard. As much as I love the first Doctor and the second Doctor, much of my love for those two Doctor's serials is based on now sort of new nostalgia i had never seen the first doctor before who back when yeah but now having very recently so it's not something i remember from my childhood but now i do feel an a certain fondness for the first doctor stories just because he was the first doctor you know with pertwee at this point it's already established and i can appreciate the show in a different way yeah so without giving too much away because we're going to go and review it proper oh my goodness like it with your statement that doctor who is just going 
from strength to strength, effectively. I think so. First little appearance of Baker. Are you are you like, oh my god, this is going to just blow Pertu away? Or are you, are you just thinking it's, it's just a little jump up again? It's just different. Yeah. It's really, really different. I remember Tom Baker from my childhood. I had never seen Pertwee as a kid, I think. Well, yeah. maybe a couple of episodes or something. But nostalgia is an actual factor here. But in general, I think, yeah, I think it's going to be better. This Doctor is slightly more... Less punchy, more, you know, more wit. More whimsy. Yeah. Well, that's, I, well don't, I don't really know, but that's... Well, I think so. Yeah. I mean, he's he's fairly well described by his fellow Gallifreyan at the end of Planet of the Spires. Oh, yeah. <laughs> This guy is bonkers, guys. <laughs> Just prepare yourselves, all right? He's a little bit off the wall. <laughs> and that, was, that wasn't me doing an impression of a Chinese person there. That was just me doing a weird voice. <laughs> Are you tempted to watch a bit of Pertwee? Uh, a bit of the stuff that you haven't seen yet? Um, I'm t- uh, definitely tempted to watch some Master episodes. Yeah? R- uh, Delgado's Master. I don't know if I am that fussed about watching <laughs> Fair enough. just his whole shtick. Yeah, I, I mean, I saw. I think it was Green Death was was that the last one with um, his previous companion? Uh, uh, yes, yeah, with Joe Grand. You mean? Yeah, she leaves at the end of it. Yeah, I don't think that was a good representation of her. I, I don't know <laughs> if, she, if she's better in other ones, but I definitely prefer Sarah Jane than that one episode yeah. I saw of, of Joe Grant. So, like, I don't know. I, I feel like I'm much more interested to watch Baker and things evolve from there than necessarily go backwards. But that's just me. Yeah, fair. That's that's totally fair. Okie dokie. That's been our little bonus retrospective of The Third Doctor, I believe. Do you have opinions about it, podcast land? Let us know. Pop a comment on whobackone.com and or send us a high five via Twitter. Uh, Jim, you are? At Jimmy the Who. That's right. That's exactly who you are. <laughs> and I am at Ponken, P-O-N-K-E-N. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to keep sitting down and record another review now. Okay, ta-ta, ciao-ciao. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> Bye-bye. Blammo! Did you enjoy the show? Then please do what the cosmos compels you to and spread the gospel of who back when. Tell your friends! But I've got no friends! No problemo, tell some strangers! Hooray! Like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash who back when. All in one word. Are you into Twitter? Awesome! High five us online and we'll high five you right back. You guessed it, we're at who back when. All in one word. Check us out on Instagram for behind the scenes photos and other Whovian goodness. Watch our videos or even listen to our podcast on YouTube. That's whobackwhen.com slash YouTube. Vote us up on Reddit, listen to us on Stitcher, and head on over to our website, whobackwhen.com, where you can submit a review of your own, browse the article archives, and peruse our visual index of aliens, monsters, and more, which increases in Kablamos with every episode. And lastly, give us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps our show get noticed and earns you lots of karma points. That's it. Rock on and be rad and excellent to each other. Catch your earballs in our next Who review or bonus episode. Until then, cha-chao. Who back when?